0: Greetings. Welcome to the Asna Kitchen podcast. So before we get started, I uh, just want to tell you that registration is open for my Kovalum Mysore Intensive. It's fr- from December 15th to January 31st this year, seven weeks. So check it out on my website, davidgrieg.com, and I would love to work with any of you there. So today we have Joy Marzek, my partner and a filmmaker interviewing me um, on Sherratt's response and kind of coming out um, about Patabi Joyce's inappropriate adjustments.
1: Hello. <laughs> all right, so as David mentioned, I'm a filmmaker. As a filmmaker, one of the things I've been very interested in is, of course, the, the dynamics of it all, the kind of tribal dynamics, and then also what happened, you know, what, what really took place and why there was silence around it. As David's partner, I've had an inside view into it all. But also, David has spoken to me about this for the past 15 years, as long as I've known him. So I just want to launch in here. When Karen Rain came out, a lot was brought up for you, and you still were doubting it. But then that Larry Nassau case broke out with the gymnast, and one of the things about that case Was that, you know, I mean, he, what, he molested, like, 200 of those girls, and he did it in front of their parents. And for you, that was a a huge thing. You went, wow, okay, so they can, an abuser can be doing this in front of people and basically be so skilled at it. Yeah,
0: they're just covering it up, and no one, it's just happening right in front of you, and it's not hidden. It's not, like, in the back room or somewhere, right? It's just, like, right there.
1: Which was sort of a huge piece of the puzzle for you. Yeah, that suddenly you were connecting the dots, like, okay, this, yeah. this sort of pushed you over the edge. And you went, all right, this is definitely happening. So I want you to read what you wrote at that time on your Instagram. So this was February of 2018.
0: Yeah, so it says, um, greetings. Um, I want you to know that I've been reflecting on the allegations of sexual abuse committed by Sri K. Patavi Joyce. I'd like to say that my heart and prayers are with the victims. So many years back, while studying in Mysore, I didn't listen to my gut feeling and speak up when I felt something not right was taking place. And I don't know if Patabi Joyce had perverse thoughts in his mind when he was giving the adjustments, but or giving the adjustments that I saw, right? Um, but I know that they, that they were inappropriate, and that no yoga teacher should touch his or her students. In the ways that in some of the ways that I saw, okay, so I, I apologize for contributing to anyone's pain by my silence, and I was afraid to speak up, to question authority. I was confused as to what was inappropriate or appropriate, and I believe the fact that that I was sexually abused as a boy contributed to my remaining silence. And I hope that by me speaking up, people who were hurt by Patabi Joyce's inappropriate behaviors will feel that. There are those of us who support them and want them to exercise their right to speak out, to be heard, and to take the steps they need to heal. So I will continue to reflect, to confide in those I trust, and to utilize the past and present as important sources of growth and healing for building a better, more loving, courageously honest, and spiritually alive future for me and all within our community. So I remain committed to allowing the truth to emerge even in the most difficult circumstances so that I continue to evolve as a student, teacher, and person.
1: You came to Mysore in...
0: 1994.
1: Okay, and had you heard of anything or what were kind of the first, what was the first Um, moment when you thought something might be going on?
0: Yeah. there, definitely hadn't heard anything, or and there was nobody was talking about that, and um, and really, I just saw with my own eyes, and 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 in some ways, like I, I sort of had to not trust what I was seeing because that no one was talking about it, and in fact, like my wife at the time, uh, Catherine, she was. Tabby Joyce adjust her, adjusted her more than almost any other student, and then also Karen Rain was there too. Like there was a group of us all practicing, um, returning there and spending a lot of time there, and so we were pretty close knit. And like my wife didn't think there was abuse at all, like that, and she she felt that there was healing, and um, that it wasn't really even a a topic of discussion, like uh, there wasn't a, uh, yeah, that's what was so um, challenging about it. And no nobody was saying anything, but, uh, but I also, I saw with my own eyes, he touched the women in ways that I don't think a yoga teacher should do that. And so I was conflicted um, because, well, because I loved, I loved Ashtanga and I, I loved, I loved Patabi Joyce. I loved the the whole scene, and I was really into practice. And then also no one was talking about it. and But yet there it was, um, seeing in the room, like I would see him touch, grab, catch someone's, a woman's breast, in, adjusting her in pashasana or being behind them in downward dog and thrusting his pelvis into them and the sexual-looking adjustments. And yeah, that was challenging yeah. right but it, I yeah and I I was very conflicted and then also one of my students came to Mysore and saw it and confronted Sharat and Gurji, and they didn't really respond and he and he left Mysore he said no this isn't for me but the main players you know that were there for the most part everyone just sort of It was just part of the fabric of things.
1: And do you you think that it was a... I mean, for you personally, you were abused, and you've said this before, and
0: your ex-wife
1: was abused. She was sexually abused, right? I mean, I know that... I mean, that must have played...
0: It did for me. I I know that, like, yeah, in in this strange way... It was very familiar, and uh, the silence, the whole game was sort of familiar, and so...
1: Yeah, and then I also think there must have also been this combination of, you know, people were getting power, right? I mean, teachers were, were rising within the, the lineage, and to say something would have meant you could have possibly lost that power, or lost the practice, or...
0: Yeah, there, well, there's the power of the practice itself... Like for me I know I was getting so much out of the practice and so I didn't want to jeopardize that but then yes there's there's status within the community and yeah. and things.
1: So mostly people really were silent. But you have said that you have spoken to even you know more senior teachers than you, right? You're kind of the fourth generation or something, right? And and they have they were pretty candid to you about it too.
0: Yeah. That, and that was later. See, when I came to my sort, like Sharat's letter that he wrote, it was it was very heartfelt, and I felt like it was coming from a young perspective. Like, and Sharat was very young when I went there. Like, he practiced. You mean from
1: his youth, his like youthful eyes? Yeah, it was okay. coming
0: from his youth. His response was kind of going back to then and feeling helpless and feeling. And I felt that I was young too. I felt sort of helpless against it. And also I felt like I was a newcomer on the, on the scene too. Partly I just assumed that nothing was going on because no one, no one that was already there and it, you know, it was all just happening and here I am, I'm just like, well, I guess it's okay because no one's saying anything. And, and so to think that it's wrong is weird, right? It's like to single yourself out, and um, but then later I did. I talked to at least one teacher that it was just like a given fact that Guruji did this, and it was intru- it was like I, I don't know. I just wonder how how people dealt have dealt with this because it's not it's something old, right? That it just humans have been dealing with this with. Elders right. abusing, and what do you do? Like grandpa or uncle, you know? And, and somehow there's been this spirit of, like, making allowances for it or tr- just sort of you know it's wrong, but somehow you go over it or you just sort of bypass that aspect of the person because they're doing so much good or they're... Because, yeah, it's not representing all of them, and so, yeah, you just, the, the style is not to just confront it and go, what is that? That is wrong.
1: Well, and also that's harder.
0: Yeah, that's and harder. I think,
1: you know, we have to be very <laughs> candid that there's a certain amount of bravery and courage. I mean, I found, I found it pretty ironic that, you know, Mati and Czech, they both left Mysore and the kind of Asht- the Ashtanga Yoga community, and they rejected Patavi Joyce because of the abuse. Yeah. And th- that I couldn't believe that that was posted on the day that, you know, Mati passed away. Right. I mean, I just thought that was unbelievable that this one woman who did stand up to it never saw his post. I mean, right, I mean, but
0: it, there's complexity to it, you see, because like Chuck, I went to Yoga Works to meet Patavi Joyce and Chuck took me under his wing. And, like, Chuck urged me to go to Mysore. He, did, he basically commanded. He said, you must go to Mysore, right? And so like, and th- so that their perspective or where they came to with it evolved. It's all very <laughs> not black and white, yeah. you know? And the, even how to respond to it is very confusing. Uh, it, and- no,
1: I think it is, but I also think that there needs to be some ownership on people as to why there was a part of people not who didn't speak up because they held power.
0: I know, but okay, yes, but then what I'm saying is is that some people didn't speak up because they felt that that really was the best response. Was that, mm-hmm. that it wasn't about power, it was about a strange kind of tolerance or s- somehow thinking that the best way to deal with it was to discour- discourage it, or not really point it out and kind of skirt around it somehow and focus on the person 's good qualities right and I mean and that might sound really stupid or wrong or or um, selfishly motivated, but it 's not I, I feel like that it in some ways it it was a strategy and it has been for a long time that 's what i 'm saying it, not just in this. Case, but in many cases, like that's been a pretty prominent strategy. Th- th- there's a tolerance aspect to it, or sort of a allowance for flaw, and realizing that that we all have our flaws, and and this might be like a really extreme flaw, right? That when you get down to it, but it's hard to condemn someone that you love and someone that. Yeah that you're obviously, that's obviously doing good at the same time, right? Because there was, Patavi Joyce was a charismatic, a vibrant, uh, generous teacher at the same time that this was going on. He wasn't, he wasn't just like this weird, dark predator going, he was bright, he was like helpful, he was caring, and that really was genuine, and uh, and he was caring even about the same people that he was p- touching inappropriately, and he was caring about me, even though by him touching people and me having uh, me being exposed to that was so harmful to me, and like that I. I had to go back to my own abuse and, like, relive that and, st- and be frozen all over again and, like, have all that confusion about, what do I do? What? Because here's this love and mi- goodness mixed with evil and abuse and harm, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there really were only a handful of senior teachers who have spoken out, you know? Still, now. Yeah. And... It was this big, it was amazing when David posted that. It received four shares. That's it, it received four shares. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, it was unbelievable. And fortunately your community, which that's most of the people that are probably listening to this, they were definitely behind you and they thanked you for it. And I think it gave them some solace. But do you, I know you can't speak for any of the other teachers, but why do you think they still aren't speaking out?
0: Oh, man, I can't answer for that. I, I really can't. There's a lot of different reasons not to. I don't know. I feel like I'm still coming to terms with it myself like and trying to figure out where it actually all fits for me. And I imagine it's true for everyone that's involved in Ashtanga in a serious way and has been from the past and um, up until the present. Like if you have a long history with it, it's just going to be hard to place things. And I think that it's it's hard for some to fully condemn Patavi Joyce to like like cast him out of their with the cast out his photos and cast out everything that they got from him, or just not acknowledge it at all. Just to like sort of do the ostrich thing and just sort of. Don't even go there. Don't even like admit that there was anything inappropriate, right? So the, either one of those stances is easier: is to be condemning or re- rejecting the, and to be in the middle is just so hard. And it, and then it's it's hard to be in the middle within yourself, like just how you sort through it um, internally. But then to go out in public with that gray area and try to speak about it or articulate it is really challenging all of its own. It it would be really challenging if you were gonna meet with like a very accepting audience, but you're also got people attacking you too from both sides of of it, so so some people that are Condemning Patavi Joyce entirely, they are going to. If if you have a gray area, if you're trying to like process the love and teachings that he offered, somehow include that in the abuse and the the wrongness of his behaviors, then people are going to condemn you and act like you're not sensitive to the victims and that you're. Not loving, and then I also had people attacking me for for speaking out, too. Yeah, the, you had the, a lot of that on the so so not the so on the other end of it. There's many reasons not to speak out, and I also think that there's no overarching uh, forum for it. There's no process. There's no formal kind of um, way of negotiating it or mediating. It's all very unofficial. And in a way, it's almost um, there's a mob mentality, a kind of mob justice. It's just hard to actually feel safe being totally honest, I feel like. And one thing that I was missing in my note that I wrote way back was the fact that we're all affected by it. We're all victims of it. Right, that Not just the people that were touched inappropriately, but everyone, the whole community. I feel like Sherat being the head of it all, talking about it and kind of sharing his own pain, is a very positive thing for everyone. And, and the, the, the response that he got was, showed that. that people thanked him and said it, it's very courageous. And, and it's true that it's a, it's a very important step but also, for me, it's tainted, like, from the, him kind of singling out the se- single, s- senior teachers and uh, saying, why didn't they speak up? Like, So, he, in a sense, he, like, offered this healing for the whole community, except for this small group of people. The majority of people, I'm not sure what if they have a strong relationship to a senior teacher, but... We, we we're a small group of people, but we're significant. I mean, me that that hurt, that hit my heart, right? To like because here's this sort of almost like this collective or group healing moment, but Sherat just went, Shh, but nope, you don't. This little group of people don't get to share in that. To me, it's devastating. I'm really sorry, but that that hit me and because me I also felt hope. I felt the same things that he felt and I felt I feel that I deserve the same uh, chance to be part of the overall healing and, and and this is what I feel like is is missing and and Sherat, he missed it in this is that there really is no leader there's not there's no one person that can can, take, can embrace the whole group and, and provide something for them. And I guess that's just the reality that you have to get used to. And, the, and Sherat, by, by making the choice that he made, I, I guess, I'm guessing that he decided that he, he is going to take responsibility for a certain group of people. And, the, and, and he considers it his group of people or the group of people that he can really reach you know and and that but he's going to leave off others and i mean i'm a perfect example of of others because i have devoted everything to ashtanga and and i'm and i'm not going to stop and so and my my interpretation of ashtanga is different it really is and it has been from for decades and it grew my response to ashtanga or my way of approaching it it came out of the the harmfulness that i saw and that i see i've made a platform or out of trying to correct the system or bring a different perspective that's pointing out flaws and weaknesses and but and i've been persecuted for that i've been marginalized and cut out I feel very sad about that I feel angry and sad about that but I also feel like oh well (laughs) (laughs) and because I've thought about I've thought long about you know branching up making my own style I mean why don't I do that but when I really come down to it and I analyze and I look at what I have to offer and what's going on Ashtanga is the it's this backbone I don't want another style I want Ashtanga and I but I also want to add these elements that that they're my truth when I practice this is what I discover is important and valuable and I need to share that and and I do wish that I that I was in a system that was able to honor each person's truth and the way that they see it even if they see it different. So I applaud Sherat, but I also, there, I'm very, very sad when it comes down to it, and, and that it, it definitely makes my job harder because I'm I'm already sort of off on an island on my own, and it's partly like natural to me, like I am a loner and I like it that way, but I also do like to be connected to the greater whole. And and I like my students to feel welcome and um, like that they can be part of my world, my lineage, but also be part of Ashtanga. And I feel like like Sharat's statement, it just makes that harder. And and that's a shame because I've been in, I'm doing my service for Ashtanga. You know, I really am. And I wish that at some point it would get. More recognition in terms of the, the 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 entirety, and one other thing about it. Sorry, I keep going, but but it, it is karma for me because uh, so as many of you know that are my close students because I talk about it somewhat frequently. But my mother, right? I she, she I have this funny relationship with. Um, I consider my relationship to Ashtanga and my relationship to my mother very similar in this one sense, in that, so, so, and my mother kind of is my family, right? I don't, my father's absent, and so she's very loving towards me, but we can't talk about yoga.
1: She's a Seventh-day Adventist.
0: Yeah, and so it's this
1: bizarre
0: schizophrenia where, right, that she loves me, but she, literally, we cannot mention the word yoga in any of our interactions. and And so there's, this crazy rejection of me, just like radical rejection. And at the same time, this love. So I could reject her because she's rejecting my yoga, but I don't because I want to have a relationship with her. And and then here's, I feel like that my lineage is also rejecting me. And the glue that binds me to it is different than the glue that binds me to my mom because the glue that binds me to Ashtanga is that I love it. I love the system. And I find it, I don't just love it. I think it's genius. It's like so important and a, an excellent way to learn Hatha Yoga. And so the universe has sort of bound me to these things that I'm, I'm destined not to get like a full picture of love or acceptance from. Like that, And I have to juxtapose that. I have to live with that strange like radical self-sufficiency. I can only think that that's my sort of um, thing to butt up against, that somehow that, I need that to, to grow and to, to get to my truth and to share. And ha!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that this podcast has, has been illuminating or, I don't know, maybe even healing for some people. But for people that are struggling with staying with the practice because they now know that all of this that has happened, do you have anything to say to them that might help them get on their yoga mat tomorrow?
0: <laughs> well, I just, me, I come back to it. And, and, and I actually wrote the, this little poem. It was like a one-liner. So something about a whole string of fallen gurus cannot sway me off the path of Hatha Yoga. Right? And so it's the the technology, the yoga itself, getting that's the gold. And that one one person or three or a hundred that they fall off the path or that they go wrong, that, that doesn't change that the yoga itself is valuable. And and, and it but it does call for you see and this is the thing is that it calls for everyone to be more awake more conscious of their own shadow because yoga it's a it's for siddhi it's for power and you're trying to use that power for its highest purposes for spiritual realization but of course power is power and so that you the worldly um, desires are going to be constellated. They're going to, they're going to be recipients of that power, or potential recipients. And, and and so we all have a job to, to use our yamas well, and to use our practice for its highest purposes. But don't forget that those practices they retain their value, and that it's just up to us to channel them properly. And I mean, because the alternative to me is so terrible. Like, so you, because you could reject yoga. Or Ashtanga. Yes, you could reject Ashtanga, you could reject yoga, you could reject spirituality, because this kind of abuse is going on in all types of yoga, all types of spiritual practices, right? It's coming out everywhere. But to me, it doesn't speak to the actual practice of spirituality or the trying for that to represent or express that dimension of yourself it doesn't mean that's inherently bad or wrong it means that it's damn hard to do that you take a big responsibility when you take it on the technology and the practice but it's worth it because yeah because like the alternative just get rid of those things try it Try living your life just in the world without, the, those, without those things because they can cause harm, right? That's, I think that's a flawed reasoning. I think that because not doing anything, just being in the world, that can also cause harm. We see so much corruption and destruction and terrible things going on, right? And so, so the human being is in a very hard place, Right, that every path you take is fraught with danger. But the Hatha Yoga technology can be a leading force, a guiding light in your life. And I just think that you getting on your mat and going in there every day, you'll find that. You'll see the value of it.
1: Are you going to proceed any differently now in terms of teaching Ashtanga or...
0: Yeah, you know, I really or do, do feel. Anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like what my, I'm still learning and growing, and, and, um, and it's hard for me to uh, open into the full ramifications or the full consciousness of um, Patavi Joyce's behavior. Like that's still something I'm struggling with and I'm resisting to a certain degree, but just interesting to notice in myself that when Sharat came out with this thing, I was so happy for people and relieved, but I've also like burdened more because then it just brings it, it's just more real. And, and it just reminds me of it again. And um, to a certain degree, I feel like I have been responding to problems with Ashtanga for decades. And so, so when things come out, that are wrong about it, I I feel like to a certain degree I've addressed, I have been addressing those things. And not exactly um, sexual abuse, but certainly um, inappropriate adjustments, whether they're sexual or physical. My insistence on alignment and props and all these um, things that are frowned upon and I've fought for, for a long time, against a lot of resistance. I I feel proud that I have stood for those things and and I will continue to stand for them but there's more there's more because it's not just about physical things you see and and this is where like I salute Karen Rain and there's certain people that that are pushing like the emotional boundaries and like really asking for everyone to be more open In this bigger way, in this deeper way, and like for me to make a a podcast like this and to to actually like weigh in and and speak out and and expose myself to potentially criticism, you know, or or more ostracism, that's challenging. And yet, I feel that it's part of the path and part of my path, and that part of my growth and that you know like part of me feels like i said i'm i'm comfortable being a loner and comfortable being like way out there on my own just doing my thing and but but i'm also i would like to provide some leadership and some more perspective that everyone could benefit from and and that's challenging for me that's that's frontier and that's requiring growth, and so,
1: Bravery.
0: yeah, and in and, and newness. It's like the, I have to actually be become a bigger person or a different, more expanded person to be able to do that. And so I'm I'm hoping that I can walk that path. All right. All right. So <laughs> thank you for joining me. Come see me in Covellum or somewhere even sooner than that. Namaste.